Portion 2 The Portion on Practice Sutra 19 Accepting pain as help for purification, study of spiritual books, and surrender to the Supreme Being constitute yoga in practice. They help us minimize obstacles and attain samadhi. For silence is how God speaks, and so the wind began to preach. She blew the clouds past, and the sun's rays brought forth a sense of relief. When I awoke, I was so tired, I could barely get out of bed. For how many lives had I tried to help? So what use was it to keep trying and holding on to this sacred thread? Whatever I tried to do, I am still destined for death. I know you're tired, but come this way, whispered Windhorse. But I began to die again, and so I laid upon my tomb, which was the same place the earth once held me in her womb. Believe. Believe in what? Believe in miracles, she said. But what about those in need? Rise. She said it while I gazed into its red eyes. Rise, but a part of me has died. This horse did not obey man, but rather she ran. I had but a thread of its reins, and so she was tied into the spirit of a man. Through this life, or lives that I once lived, she stretched this thread through everything she could. And why was she so willing? For the children of life. The world had suffered so much. One group would attack, then the other would fight back. The bombs get bigger, and so the military keeps sending more and more tanks, planes, and ships to attack. As soon as one tribe hurts someone, then the other plans to attack back even better. The ball bounces, it strikes right back. What is conscious behavior when everyone is preparing to attack? This is not mindful. This is mindless. And if we continue, the world will be childless. Whatever assault is sent, another sends one back. Hit one city, and its friends will bomb you back. The attack turns the sky black, and then I turn to find the horse above the holy city, red eyes rising for all to see. Now she embodied death, like a slow step or a conscious breath. And death didn't want to fight, but rather death was the embrace of a great reset. A place to relax and let go, where no more suffering endures. Death was a safe haven, it was no place for a soul to fear. Come here, come here into the heart, the beat of the life where life did start. Can you remember where you were before birth? Why you came out the same way an apple sprouts from a tree? You grew from the earth, and here you are, back upon me. Now will you remember what peace there is to believe in? The soul is waiting to be freed, but it's been caged within the heart. They tried to close the brass door and shut us off. But I need a protector to open up the brass door around this sacred heart. Put on your armor. You are a protector of the heart, said Windhorse. It was the most important matter of all. It was the matter of the heart. I took one look at the white horse, and I'd do anything she asks. She was growing so hot that she could melt me like wax. Her war chant was a drumbeat. I could hear it echo through the heart. 
Her children called out for protection. Someone must rise, Devadatta, Windhor said. And what does it mean? The end of evil. There was silence while we waited. Do you know what has happened to you? Asked Windhorse. I died? No. She paused. Rise. And so I rose, because that's how death goes. The body won't make it, but the soul continues to flow. This is consciousness, a divine map of sorts, like a shift drifting through the channels and into the right ports. Macro or micro, will you view it like a transactional business deal? Or will you be much more sincere and relate with how you heal? It's all in what you perceive is real, and that's a big deal. We're mapping pathways within the mind based on how we listen, think, and feel. It's a really big deal, because that routing creates a pathway like a train track, which is like your inner map. The map is what you make, it's how your mind chooses, thinks, and believes. But there you are behind it all. You are that seer, or soul who truly sees, and your intuition is poking you with your own magic wand. Be gone, silly tendencies. Goodbye, bad habits. But as we try to let go of these things, we see how the old behavior has created a deep set of tracks. This is where the mind goes, a familiar track, and so it goes. But there's a part of you that knows. You just believe. It's watching from within, and you yourself are what you perceive. Now can you believe that you were it all along? We're all together, and death is the reminder of where it all began. From man to woman, and into their child, we must protect the mother's drumbeat, for this is the heartbeat, and it's the essence of where all life meets. No mother would bomb her sons and daughters, no mother would send her children into war. Forgiveness is what she begs around the streets. Forgive us for these terrible wars. Oh, the poor. They'd never seen such terrible suffering before. One side protecting who is still alive, while their enemies do anything to survive. What now? A genocide? But why? Everyone watches. Oh yes, the world sees. But why doesn't it stop? It's because the patterns of our thinking are rooted in such depths that we are recreating tragedies in places where our ancestors were caught. But the dead forgive, because of how precious it is to live. They're all the soldiers, from both armies, come home together, and there they forgive. That's how beautiful it is to live. The dead know this, but the living continue to hold the grudge. Oh, how much pain, how much longer can it go on? This is the portion of practice, and we must continue on, said Windhorse. Her soul looked down beside me, and there were those two familiar black cats. One a bit smaller and smoky, the other like a dark fog after dusk. What's with the cats? That's Kismet, the one who holds the fortune and boon, the spiritual wealth in the moment that all humans will discover soon. Forgiveness wants peace at all costs. He knows there can be no more wars, but forgiveness has been through it, and that's why he rides with the wind horse, she said. The cat with the quarks was much like the children of life. He hadn't started the war, but he'd gotten pulled into the fight. Now everyone had lost sight, yet forgiveness always knew what was best. 
but so often the anger would pull these people into the fire of aggression, and forgiveness is what people would forget. O oh, mercy for the children of life, please release us from the unending wars. The rich and the stubborn butt heads while death falls upon the helpless and the poor. And how much more, all for the sake of war? They'll create money out of thin air to manufacture more weapons. Oh, what more? Break down the brass door, said Windhorse. The black cat's eyes turned from yellow to green, as if he'd been caged before. Did you say break down the brass door? Break down the brass door. It's the metal cage around the heart. Break down that door for the well-being of all creatures forevermore. Our heartbeat is trapped, and it's time to let it loose. Release that love back into the wild. Show the world the heart cares for everyone, and it will protect the mother's youth. Break down the brass door. May all beings be safe, and may all beings be at ease. For peace, for ease, freedom, and relief. Who else will put down their weapons so that all beings may find peace? Then all beings will rest at night and dream during their sleep. We will rise with the dawn, and so the nature of life will repeat. Ease and peace, break down the brass door. The wars must cease, said Windhorse. But how? We'll need a bit of weight, something thick and dense like karma. We'll use it like a battering ram to break down the brass door and open our lives to the truth beyond it," said Windhorse. All I could think of was a giant train that started to appear like a battering ram. I took a thread from Windhorse and ran it through the broken down tram. In order to fix this, we'd need to make a bit of commotion. Thank God for this broken down train, because now it was becoming a magical locomotive. Maybe we'd take it off the tracks and there the train would soar, flying free and elevated. We needed something with density in hopes to end the wars. I didn't know if it would work, but I simply had to believe. We are healing the divide. Healing is what the world needs. Believe. You can trust and let go. By elevating the mind off these old tracks, we find the freedom to grow, said Windhorse. Again I looked into her eyes and in this silence I knew it was time to rise. But how could one move and assist when the body has died? For the first time in a while, I realized where I'd been. My body was trapped in a casket, but the soul was roaming with the wind. Within this air I had access to eternity. It was within the present moment. But death was a detachment from this body, and that's when I realized that within this dark casket, I'd spotted a fungus. Yes, mushrooms had sprouted in the darkness, but all that was left of this body was a heap of bones. Alongside the cat that never died, the power to move my body was out of my control. I was left with the patterns in my mind, but the body was gone and dead. I discovered I still traveled through the present moment into the spiritual, mental, and emotional planes where my awareness was allowed to spread. In this space I had no body, but I was still continuing on. Now where was my soul? Had I gone far beyond? Had it been a minute? Or had I been here for years? I watched the mushrooms sprout beside me when I heard the mushrooms whisper in my ears. They spoke a language I didn't know, but what they showed me 
was that there was a new path to grow, even in the darkest setting. The fungus spread teachings that few will ever know. To descend to the bottom of the darkness is like weaving a thread of life. There the mushroom sprouted into my skull when it entered within as my soul took a bite. My awareness began to spread, for I was not quite dead. These mushrooms raised my consciousness, and now I was ready to sit up from my deathbed. The casket was pinned over me, but I heard a certain drumbeat. The horse I'd been communicating with was pounding its hooves on top of my casket, and every other moment, the heartbeat would repeat. Even though everyone else thought I was dead, this horse was adamant that I was alive. Again, it beat down upon my tomb when I heard the mushrooms whisper in human words, The spirit will always survive. The mushrooms were within me, and I began to access my limbs. I was simply carrying bones, and yet I was the essence of loving awareness within. Tied to a thread, my life and experiences created many pathways that were firmly rooted within my head. These were the mental modifications or projections I'd created through my life, and somehow these patterns continued on after I was dead. But Windhorse had taught me about Samadhi. This was a certain type of deep concentration. It was like a fresh perspective where new thoughts could be set depending on the imagination. That's what these mushrooms did, and for a certain time I was able to transcend the mental modifications and find stillness within this moment. Present here and now, I could observe this piece as a heavenly omen. I heard thunder in the sky. I could feel clouds gather overhead. How long had I been buried within the earth? How long had I been dead? Now the horse rose up. I was one with its red eyes. Wind horse rose up on its two hind legs before I heard it yell out. Rise! Its two hooves crashed down, and this time it broke open the casket. I rose out from my tomb and crawled beside the great horse when I asked it, What happened? Now the cat that had once died, the one with the fire between her eyes, well she'd taken the form of a girl to my surprise. I looked down to my arms, but I had no skin. All that was left was the bones of a dead human. Yet I was mobile, and I could move about. The horse nudged me, and so I got up and took her as a mount. I took her reins in my hands, and I could see the past, present, and the future. What I thought was the valley of death was actually a great pyramid abandoned in nature. My heart was in center, something like a king's chamber, and my soul was still flickering like a burning ember. But I don't understand. You comprehend the divine plan. The goal is to be indifferent to the chitivrittis, or the modifications of the mind. After all, the soul is more powerful, and yet the humans get attached to their bodies and the material world, and so humanity has declined. What humans see as advancements in technology have only perpetuated a material world that is bound to perish. They forget how the nature of our soul goes on forever, and they avoid death as if no one can bear it. Even as death comes closer, they do anything to avoid this truth drugs or surgeries. They are trying to outsmart death, but yet no doctor can get to death's root. The truth is that the body cannot live forever, but the impressions go on. However we live and whatever we do carries us into the future that comes along. 
Heal the generational trauma. Bring us a peace that the whole world will adore. Ride upon me, brave protector. Finish the job and the old pathways of the past will be cleansed and restored. We will ride to green pastures. We will finish off the endless wars. For the children of life, break down the brass door, said Windhorse. What was once in my imagination was coming to life. The two cats I'd seen when I was dead were here beside me. Why, yes, kismet and forgiveness were both alive. And behind us all was a spiritual army beside a train that had gathered together. The cat that never died, the yogini, and countless others. Now there were wars in the world, and it had slipped into the universal mind. Sides fighting against each other, yet this spiritual army had one goal, to unite mankind. A hawk cried out, and I felt that forgiveness was on the verge of being freed. For the children of life, we will ride into battle and confront the great armies. Any advice? Accepting pain as help for purification, studying spiritual books, and surrendering to the Supreme Being, that ancient of days, all constitutes as the practice for union. Union is when we come together. It's how we heal the divide. Do not fear death, for it is after death that we all appreciate life. Look at these men and their armies. Generals and dictators will risk everything to prove they are right. But yet with all the bombs and bullets, they do not truly care for the children of life. They fight and fight, and so many helpless people die. Bodies are left abandoned, while the ones still living weep as if they'd rather not be alive. Let us cure this pain. After all, war does not create any type of gain. There is only permanent loss in these battles, because the trauma is further imprinted into each brain. These patterns run deep, and these conflicts go on for thousands of years. And even after a tribe is wiped out, or a genocide is carried out, the trauma does not simply disappear. The soul remembers, even as the body decomposes in the coffin. Then the soul reawakens, and there it slips into the same patterns where the mind stream is drawn in. The pattern must break. Let us ride together and put an end to this terrible war. We must reawaken the unconscious man. This endless war is not what humanity is meant for. Spending billions on weapons and bombs? Yet all this money could provide homes and food for the poor. These leaders do not care for the children of life. Why else would they allow for such terrible wars? I see how man has grown. It is I who collect their souls after they die. Yet again and again they grow to fight. Now it is time for the spiritual army to rise, said Windhorse. I looked to the army behind the white horse, and these were the souls who had not given up. Over and over we had been beaten and battered, but these were the brave ones who had not gone corrupt. In a world where men and women sell their souls, behold, these were the righteous men and women who stayed true to the divine oath. Through many lives we were tested, and this was the group that had not fallen apart. These were the spiritual protectors who surrendered to the journey. These were the courageous protectors who looked after the tender hearts. If anyone could defeat the army of wickedness, then it was this group that would break down the brass door. For generations the endless wars have gone on, but we were the group our ancestors had prayed for. 
For a moment there was silence, since no one dared to move ahead of death. We had all died many times to come together like this, and now we knew that through life, everyone was blessed. To all those who have gathered, to those who have answered the Spirit's great call, we are protectors of the sacred planet for creatures large and small. Go on and show me the damaged parts of your soul, and I will show you how you shine like gold. We are one with the Great Spirit, and so wickedness will succumb to defeat. How could our spirit lose, when even in death, the spiritual soul cannot be beat? Death to the old ways, and our light will give birth to that which is pure and true. Do not fear this ending. We are giving birth to that which is new. Now the jewel upon Windhorse was bright and ablaze. The fire was so potent that everyone stayed far away. We will start with Tapas, and Tapas is often misunderstood because it gets translated as mortification or austerity when it stands for something different. Tapas means to burn or create heat. Anything burned out will be purified. The more you fire gold, the more pure it becomes. Each time we go into the fire, more impurities are removed. So for those who have gathered here together, the spiritual army, we have walked through the fire, and so a great transformation has transpired. The impurities are being burnt away, and we'll offer them up so we can vibrate a bit higher. By accepting the pain that comes to us, even though the nature of the mind seeks pleasure, if we remember the purifying effects of fire, then we keep our sight on the real treasure. The transformation is worthwhile, since the jewel is worth being discovered. Like a diamond in the rough, our soul is being uncovered. Such acceptance makes the mind steady and strong, and although it is easy to push pain upon others, it is hard to accept it without returning it, because the feeling, much like burning, really is something that bothers us. Such self-discipline cannot be practiced in meditation rooms, but only in our daily lives as we relate to people, and anything that is burned out will be purified. The more you fire gold, the more pure it becomes. Each time we step into the sacred fire, the more impurities are removed from. But how can this burning process affect our mental impurities? By accepting all the pain that comes to us, even though the nature of the mind wants pleasure, we know that we can be happy even in painful situations, because we are the tribe that still stands together. Even as they attack the world, we will not be defeated. Our soul is good like gold, and we become even more pure every time we are heated. Such acceptance makes the mind steady and strong. Such self-discipline cannot be practiced in our graves and in our caves, but only in our daily lives as we relate to the world. So go on. Show me your aches and pains, and this is what is molding us like pure gold. Let us dedicate our lives for the sake of all humanity. With every minute, every breath, and every action, we will rise to cure the past tragedies. By accepting pain as help for purification, studying spiritual books, and surrendering to God, we minimize the obstacles within the mind and attain samadhi, said Wind Horse.